bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. It's been a full afternoon. Uh, we Energy's Entrepreneurship Tuesday, talking about business, talking about the future of Black History Month. Maybe we need to wrap that in business. Maybe it'll, I don't know. Well, our panel, Nolita Franz, Mike Spaulding, and Linnell Ramey. You'll be leaving us shortly. I have to step, yes, sir. I have to step, so we thank you for uh, being here. But before we do, Talking Text Line said, Dr. Ken, I really believe it's a philosophical debate. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. That has continued to persist in the African-American community. Unfortunately, we have good thoughts but bad examples, which is causing confusion among the collective. We have also built into this rugged capitalism and individualism, which set us back a while. I don't understand how capitalism and the individualism set us back. I, I, I think I, and here's what I'm hearing him saying. I could be wrong, so forgive me. But I think he believes like we've got to the point where we are become self-serving in capitalism and not supporting the community as a whole. Right. Like. How are we, you know, though, like give back or reach back and pull your brother up or something to that effect? I'm assuming that's what he means and mm -hmm. what he meant, which I can see. Right. Um, and, and I can definitely say, but the aspiration of people who make it, I'm using air quotes, <laughs> air quotes, make it is to do what? Get out the hood, right? Versus building it up or transforming it or. But a lot of people are. No, no, I'm not saying that. You're okay. absolutely right. I do think there's some phenomenal work being done. I'm thinking. i just saying I think that's his point with the individual capitalism where people are literally um, biting onto their own quote-unquote circles. And I, and I end with this before I leave, but I, and I told somebody this same statement. This is why I say mentorship, and people say things like, well, i got to worry about my own house. I gotta deal with that. I think you should start there. No, no, absolutely. Well, I think people, well, even when they think that, I say, you know, that's fine. You start there, you make sure you're, but I say, remember, where do your kids spend most of their time right. at school? Right. And if no one's mentoring the person next to them, that's sitting at the desk next to them or a positive influence and your only focus, your child, you're praying to God that they 
take everything <laughs> you gave them and they go off the values you instilled in them. But the truth of the matter is that doesn't always happen. That's why we hear things like he was a good kid or he did this. Well, the people he was around, he got pulled into somehow, some way. So we have to, I think he's right. Like we have to remember that each one of each one and what does that look like and how are we making sure that we are creating a system that overrides the old system that kept quote unquote us in a certain place. So All right. Well, I appreciate no, y'all. Appreciate you. Mentor. Well. Great Milwaukee. Good luck. Exactly. I'm sorry. Thank I got to leave you. I don't know why you do me like this, but that's fine. All right. Love wow. you, big brother. Thank you, brother. <laughs> wow. I know, right? She, 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 she's smacking everybody today. Get going. Get out. See y'all later. All right. Take care. So, Mike, we were before the break talking about what, what, what needs to be removed from the black community. What, what needs to, or just society as a whole. Like, what, what are some things we need to get rid of? I just want me to start naming stuff. No, um, <laughs> I, I really think I really think, and, and going off of what Linnell and Lita have been saying too, is when you, when you talk about responsible living, whether that is at home or whether that is at school or whatever it is, I think we just need to remove liquor stores to pretend they're grocery stores. <laughs> okay, like got a food desert, but not a liquor desert. Well, yeah, and if you can scheme the system and, and find a way to not be a liquor store and be zoned as a grocery store, even though we know that you don't really sell any fresh produce or anything along those lines, that stuff doesn't really, to me, inspire anything. Like right. You're just seeing another row of stores or another you know brick building of stores that you don't really want to go to and that things don't really, like, nothing good really happens and other vendors don't want to move into places, move next to places like that because, uh, to use a phrase I heard earlier, the riffraff, yeah. That's where it happens. So I think that you know, responsible development. If you're talking about adding something and removing something, irresponsible development to take out, responsible development to put mm. back in, and that. But that's you know easy to say. This is what should happen. But you know, realistically looking at it, that's going to take a lot of money, and then it's also going to take entrepreneurs and developers to to look at a place and go, yeah, we want to do that because we believe it's going to be better for this community, not just because it's going to add a new pretty building on the corner that no one's going to be able to afford rent to. Or it's just going to be a place where no one wants to eat or shop or whatever because you can't afford it. So, you know, I think responsibly looking at what can we make parts of downtown or, or, or just north of downtown. You could drive from here on Humboldt up to our old place at Capitol Drive. Yeah. yeah. And not see one single grocery store. The, yeah. the the vibrant small business is is hard to find. And I don't think that stuff comes by accident. It's almost like a chicken to the egg thing. What happened first? And, and I think really addressing those issues and giving places, you know, that have a a bright light on or a fresh coat of paint or whatever it is, but just inspires hope. And I think that will beget other development. To that point, talking text line, Bill said, I just tuned in. I love that question. What needs to be removed? I assume it has to do with the inner city and improving lives there. If that is what the question pertains to, I assume removing fear of your own neighborhood would be high on the list and remove Something that's the opposite of what Linnell said, negative influencers. Your thoughts? Well, I I definitely love what Mike just said. Um, I, I had similar thoughts myself. You know, you want to try to remove things that aren't pouring into the community, you know, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a level of um, poisoning we do in our own communities as well. And so that has to be, I mean, whether it's speaking negative, negative, negatively, excuse me, about our communities, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, selling the drugs and going there to, to target the cars to steal and so forth and so on. We 
can sometimes do a very good job of tearing down the the same area right. we're meant to build right. up. And so yeah. um, it has to be twofold. If we're going to be mindful of what businesses we're letting come into our community and sell things and and not actually pour into the, the community, to your point, uh, zoning, you know, the corner store is a grocery store just because they sell like bananas and oranges or something like that, but not um, having true um, you know, produce and fresh vegetables and things like that. We also have to say the same thing to the people who are coming, who are living in our community and tearing it down. So that it goes, the knife cuts both ways. But then when you try that, everybody complains that you're doing bad things to the community. You're locking people up. You're adding to mass incarceration. How do you fix it? Where's the sense of where is the sense of pride for where you live? And I think that has been a long lost thing. You know, it used to be. Um, so let's just start with home ownership, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to teeter all the way that's, down this that's, road. That's where it starts. It, it starts with home ownership. Not enough people who live in our community own homes in our community um, necessarily. People come in. Developers, big developers, they buy up houses and then they turn them into rental properties. And so you'll have five, six houses on one block uh, owned by the same company, but they're rental properties. And these properties could be properties that are subsidized uh, by the state of, you know, rent assistance, Section 8, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it. And so there's no true ownership of this property in the surrounding area because I don't own it. This ain't my house. Right. I don't. Right. So. There's no pride in ownership, but then you take that a step further. Not only do you not own your property, everybody that looks like you <laughs> don't, they don't own the property. So nobody and cares. And so is this truly our commu- community? If but do you have we to have home ownership it? to I just make think it, it your starts community. there. I think it starts there to have a, have skin in the game, so to have a stake. No, no, mm-hmm. you can if that's where you are financially. But I think right. if we're talking about true, how do I become invested in the community that I live is when you have some skin in the game, when you have something to be invested for. And home ownership is one. If you're a business owner in that community, that's another piece of it uh, would be even better. Um, but we're not starting at that point. We're already behind the needle. You know, and, and along those lines too, is do you, do you wait for someone to come in? I think it's, it's multiple factors. Do you wait for someone to come in and do it, buy that building, whatever it is, buy the gas station, whatever it is, demolish it, build their own thing? Or is there someone from that community that has a pride of a neighborhood that they grew up and lived in that wants to do that? On the other end, if I'm an aspiring entrepreneur and I want to open a business, am I going to choose to move back into a neighborhood from which I came? I don't know. I'm... uh, I grew up um, in North County in St. Louis, uh, not awesome place to live, and no. we <laughs> we had a very similar issue there, where like there's little suburbs like Ferguson, Florida right. area, yep. where yep. it was a vibrant downtown, and people moved away because how many times am I going to get robbed before I just say I'm going to go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And and who does that fall on? Does that fall on me as the business owner, or does that fall on the neighborhood? But either way. That's another then vacant storefront. And then it has another reputation when someone says, why'd you move your pizza place out of that neighborhood? And you go, well, I got robbed a handful of times over five years. I just didn't want to put up with it anymore. Well, now you just kind of pass that on then to Ken, who then can pass it on to Nolita, who then can pass it on to Kyle. And all of a sudden now 
it's this like vortex of just bad news constantly. And it's really difficult. You have to have really brave people who are going to to risk it and try and change something. And it does happen, I believe, but it, it, it takes special people to to want to do that. I don't think it's an easy, simple answer of, I want to open a grocery store now and let's make it work. It, right. It's complicated. You're listening to Truth Roundtable, Mike Spalding, Nolita Franz. I think we'll be joined by Kyle Wallace in a few. 833-212-1017 is the number. More of the Truth Roundtable is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I just got told I have a point. So I'm going to just let it go. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say who. You're listening to Truth Roundtable on the new 101.7 The Truth. Kyle Wallace has joined us today. What's going on, Kyle? Nothing. Just living uh, living life here today, Dr. Ken Harris. All right. Mike Spaulding, Lolita Franz. Tune in to the award-winning 101.7 The Truth tonight from 6 to 8 for our Black History Always special broadcast hosted by Tori Lowe, Telly Hughes, and Tony Smith. The three gentlemen will discuss the, oh, now we're calling them gentlemen? Oh, interesting. <laughs> we'll discuss the undeniable impact black culture has had on sports and pop culture. They picked the right three for that. They will also be joined by actor Guy Tory, psychologist Dr. Ramel Kwaku-Smith, and former NFL and Wisconsin linebacker Chris Orr for interviews. Again, that's Black History Always. Tonight is 6 o'clock. That's going to be a great show, by the way. Tori Lowe, Telly Hughes, and Tony Smith on the new 1017 The Truth. The three T's. So, I got a question, and one of the reasons why I wanted Kyle here is because I'm pretty sure um, the room is going to explode. So I thought I'd have him here now. When I ask the question, I'm looking for a definitive answer. Everybody in this room has gone to college. Two of us went to one of the best schools in the Missouri Valley Conference. That's right. Illinois State University. Mm -hmm. But only says people who graduated from But of course. There's a lot of them, though. There's a lot of them here, though. In in Wisconsin, believe me. It's weird. In this building. Yes, quite a few. Telly. Weird bonding mm-hmm. moment, John. but that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the definitive answer on whether or not college is worth it for minority individuals? Black, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. Is college the place? Is college the equalizer? Is it worth it? I say 100% yes. And I Why? say that because, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting for just a four-year college only. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying a two year degree, a four year degree. I'm saying a trade. I'm saying a certification program. I'm saying something that provides you with credentials so that you can continue to advance in life. Uh, what we're finding right now, unless you want to go and start your own company, which is hard, by the way, and <laughs> which I would uh, also encourage, even if you want to be an entrepreneur, college is still the best route to go because you want to understand how a balance sheet works. You want to understand what you know receiver, receivables are and all of the things. Um, you can hire someone to do that, but they could rob you blind if you don't understand it yourself. So I say all that to say, um, I think that that's the only way that we continue as minorities to advance ourselves. There's no corporate job that I'm aware of, um, that doesn't at least ask for some type of degree on the application. And I'm not talking like, you know, McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King and nothing's wrong with those jobs. Don't get me wrong. A job is a job. But when I talk about true advancement and paving your way to some type of financial freedoms, those jobs, as you get higher up, require that education component. And you want to be, if you want to be um, seen as someone who can compete for those roles, Mm -hmm you're going to have to have that education background. Yeah, I, I think so too. Is So long as you're able to to take advantage of your education and not have your education, I guess, take advantage of you. And like, I think it's easier said than done to be able to take out student loans if you mm-hmm. have parents who can help you through college or you, you know, have been lucky enough to get or worked hard enough to get good grades, got scholarships, whatever it is. Right. But absolutely, I think so. When you look at the... Maybe not the initial phase of what your career is when you're, you know, what you graduated 23, 23 to 32. But I think once you start looking beyond 35, what does your career look like when you're 40? You know, even if it's not college right away when you're 18, being able to have that degree, to be able to have that certificate, to advance yourself to that next level, to where you can do those things that we talked about, homeownership, you know, being able to purchase land, start your own business, whatever it is. I think it's vital to be able to do all of those things. Again, easier said than done because student loans are a pain. My wife has them. They're a pain in the butt to continue to have to pay back <laughs> all these years later. But you know what? She got a master's degree. And when we both graduated from college, I was already done for three years working. She got a job with a higher salary than I had right out of college because she put the investment, the time in and found a way to make it work for her. It's not for everybody. True. I mean, if you can you know, go do whatever it is without, I mean, sure, people make it. And I don't think looking at a four-year degree and a two-year degree is two separate things. Um, but it does help. I, I mean, if you know how to make it work for you, I think it is definitely worth it. The admissions guy, Kyle Wallace. Uh, yeah, I, I love college. And I think higher education is definitely a way to build success. I don't, no, I, I, don't, I don't know too many young people that I had a chance to impact who went to college and didn't change whatever their life situation was for right. the better. Now, there is, as Mike just talked about, student loans you have to deal with. But my only issue is I don't, I don't like the emphasis that we have on four-year schools. Like that is that is where my biggest issue that's, comes. That's what and, I was going to ask. And, and that's yeah. where I, I always used to tell students, like, every, Marquette ain't for everybody. UW Parkside ain't for everybody. Like, if 
my whole thing is education is a lifelong learning thing. Everybody's going to need some type of education, whether you're working for the post office, yep. uh, whether you whether you're going to work for good karma brands, wherever you go, you're going to need some type of skill set or some type of skills that you're taught in order to do your job. And that's the most important thing. But I, I feel like we put too much. And when I say we, I'm talking about Milwaukee Public Schools, too much of an emphasis on those who are going to get that four year degree instead of those who need to be focused on and encouraged to go and get either that two year degree or go learn some type of skill or do some type of apprenticeship or go into the academy for fire academy or maybe the police academy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we need to set up pathways. So, yes, obviously getting a four year degree can definitely take you out of any life situation that you have. It can either enhance it or continue that life situation that you're having. But getting education is the most important part. And that's what I really think that we put too much of an emphasis on for your degree versus putting an emphasis on go find a career when you graduate that can set you up for the rest of your life. But you hear these parents, right? My daughter wants to be a neurosurgeon. Your daughter don't even know what a neurosurgeon is. They don't even know what a surgeon is. But we, we come out and, and again, it's the same mentoring thing we talked about earlier. They heard it at home. So now they come to school and say, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a surgeon. What kind of surgeon? A neurosurgeon. And they look at you and they go, one math class, one science class, and it wasn't biology. It was physics. But I don't, I don't, I don't see that in your future. And so, how do how do we get? First of all, how do we even figure out what is your career path, or what are your strengths, or how how do we figure that out? I think kids need to have certain things modeled for them. They need exposure to certain. Um, jobs and and things like that you know there's a saying like you can't be what you can't see and you know some people think it's a little um you know naive but I honestly feel like you know if you have something or someone in your life that shows that's a barber and you see them going to work they cut hair they cut your hair they're teaching you a little bit about to cut hair that could spark your passion Mm -hmm. for wanting to do the same and so what influences are we Um, putting around our children to cultivate what their next stage in life might be. I think exposure is going to be key. And I dare I say that I think we should have more conversations about that um, in the public school system in NPS because kids truly come out as this kind of open slate. They don't, they don't know necessarily what they want to be to your point. They know what they've been told or they know what they they've heard, but Um, what you've been told and what you've heard is way different than what you might be actually good at. So, uh. I mean, yeah, I know. I definitely think you're on the right path with that. I also think that when you have guidance counselors in schools or you have colleges come to visit or you have whatever it is, I, I think being able to have mentors be able to explain to you, if I want to go to school and get an English degree in college, okay, I don't have to be a teacher Right? I don't have to be an English teacher. I can do all these other I right. can take all these other avenues. And I know right. because I, I I have one. Okay. And I had no idea that, oh, this might help me in a career that I didn't even know was real until I got to college. But it those types of things, they can take you on different paths. I mean, the guy that is the press deputy for the White House, he has an English degree. So I think there are other steps you can take and other things and and proving, right. hey, you know. Like you said, Ken, you want to be a nurse or a doctor and you're no good at math or whatever it is. 
Okay, that's all right to explain and have someone, but are, are there other avenues in the sciences that you could possibly Correct. pursue and do those types of things? So Correct. I think taking a practicality uh, course or, or, or having some practical conversations with kids about what do they want to do? Okay, what do you like about writing? Is it you like to you know, be a creative writer? Maybe that's not in the cards for you, but there are other avenues you could take with this degree. So I think kind of opening it up beyond just what your degree says, BA English, you know, and go beyond. So I think that could help too. Before I know we go to break. Kyle. I'm gonna say I know we don't have to, we got to go to break, but my big thing is this: I, I look at experiments, I look at things that we can use as potential models of success. So there's a high school here in Milwaukee, Crystal Ray Jesuit High School here in Milwaukee. Now, Crystal Ray, I believe, opened their first freshman class was uh, of 2015, and the big thing about Crystal Ray is that they have a work study program where students a couple of days a week actually go and they work at some place that they have a partnership with at the school. And so my big question was about that when they started here in Milwaukee was you're taking students outside of the classroom for X amount of hours per day, these many times a week. And they have other things that they do to help the students to stay on track. But my big question was if they're out of the classroom getting that real world experience, which is great, how will that impact them when it comes to learning? How will it impact their test scores when it comes to taking the ACT, which at this point no longer is management in 2015 it did. And with that experiment that I saw here in Milwaukee, we see Crystal Ray students are finding a lot of success where those students are graduating. We're finding those students getting a lot of scholarships to go to schools. We're finding these students getting um, high GPAs. We're finding those students. Is the test score a 26 average for the school? No, but the test score for the averages are higher than what the MPS average test score is. And I mean, they're in their 20s. Um, and so what I'm saying is, is that Crystal Ray has figured out a model for success that they do nationwide, but here locally in Milwaukee with the students that are educating these environments. Mm -hmm. And they found a way to get those students a chance to find success in a classroom, figure out if college is the route. But if college isn't a route, guess what? For the last four years of their life, they've been doing some type of experiential learning inside of a corporate workspace, which then could help them network. So then when they graduate, they understand what Nolita was talking about. There's a lot of different career opportunities out there for those students. And so that might be a model that I know is harder on a grand scheme because MPS has significantly more students, but they should potentially set up some schools where that work study program could be an option because we have proven data knowing that it does not take away from the students' academic capabilities. You're listening to Truth Roundtable. Did you have something? Or You're listening to Truth Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Be sure to tune in to The Truth this Saturday, 10 a.m., for another episode of Soft Life Chronicles, presented by all of us in Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Sickle cell disease can be a devastating one to live with and is most common in African Americans. Denise Thomas and all of us will discuss what it's like to live with sickle cell and what COVID-DX is really doing to try to impact the lives of sickle cell patients. Be sure to listen to Soft Life Chronicles, 10 a.m. this Saturday, presented by all of us Milwaukee and on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. More of The Truth Roundtable is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. This final day of Black History Month 
February 28th edition of the Truth Round Table. Kyle Wallace, Nolita Franz, and Mike Spaulding are holding down the fort. We want to say thanks to Linnell Ramey for hanging with us for an hour or so. And so, Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. Basically, the argument is, do you demand it and make your own, or do you take a step back and wait for things to change? Milwaukee, do we take a Du Boisian uh, point of view and step in and make things happen, and if they don't happen, scream and holler from the rooftop? Or do we do the Booker T. Washington route and just let's let's just wait and see what the politicians do. Let's wait and see what the leadership does. <laughs> that was quite the face, Kyle. That was quite the face. Do we just wait? And if so, like, what do we wait for? 833-212-1017 is the number. Sandra, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? I am just fine. How is everybody there today? We're doing good. Okay. I like your topic. And uh, I'm glad you had some guests. And I'm glad they see the big situation that we have in this city. And uh, I figure, you know, um, the thing is with us now, it's going to be a little bit hard because the city has been depleted for so long. And, uh, um, like you got the, like I said, you got uh, a rash of boarded up houses and all of that. So the disinvestment, it's been going on. It's been going on for a long time. And, uh, I'm going to say over probably about 40 years. So it didn't just start, but every city is the same thing. But when it comes to the money to try to help us revamp, right? They say, you know, there's no tax dollars for us. You know, we, we can't give it to your, your area, blah, 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 blah. But um, I, you know, I have to sit back and think. I really think we need a boarding school to put these kids in, mm. and because uh, they say it costs uh, a whole lot more to put them in jail versus school. Yeah, roughly four hundred thousand dollars for this new um, facility we're building to house kids uh-huh. okay. on the northwest side. So I'm just saying it's something it's something we can do, and we cannot sit back as adults and say there's nothing we could do uh, because we got CEOs that know how to get businesses going and, um, you know, corporations. They even got us scanning our own groceries. We don't get no pay for it, but that's eliminating the job. They got uh, McDonald's over there uh, in Dallas, automated completely. So I'm thinking what's going to happen next they already said you may need um, college, you know, engineering education to go uh, to run the McDonald's uh, because right. of so the you equipment can, so they're going to have. So you can fix the equipment, correct? Exactly. So we're going to have to, and a lot of people don't like to hear us say "we" because they say "I got mine." You know, my my kids got the ears. I'm not worried about the rest. But the rest, if you don't help these people, these are the ones that end up in the jail system. What what's that? The pipeline, the prison. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. We don't want it. And uh, we don't want our kids to have to see these dilapidated houses. All this dilapidated stuff, I'm sitting up here saying, I want some, um, what you call those little uh, boulevards in the, in the middle of the, mm-hmm. with, with the flowers and all the pretty stuff. Right. And um, the nice businesses. I, I think the businesses are, are kind of strange now because a lot of the 
um, the malls, they're starting to fold up. Yeah, so we're starting true. to see a lot of stuff that's not being talked about. All right, but I read a lot, so I know what's happening, and I know what they're doing. So I, I, I just want to say, you know, I'm not, um, I'm one of those advocates for the children, and I just, I, it just burns me up when we have to keep slapping them in the face. And you got, like I said, a ten year old. He just got out of diapers. You know, so um, I just wanted to say a little bit. I'm just thankful they are, they're there and they're talking, and you're talking to them and. We're making some sense out of all of this. All right. Thank you much. Okay, then. Bye-bye. More of the Truth Roundtable is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, for Truth Roundtable, Entrepreneurship Tuesday, powered by We Energies, all kind of stuff going on. You know, the award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence in the most monumental moments in our history. On this last day of Black History Month, we thank you for tuning in as we celebrate this special month. 1017 The Truth Celebration of Black History Month, sponsored by UW Credit Union, Tayback Law, Cardinal Stritch, and American Family insurance all right so last segment final question round robin finish the sentence let me see who i'm gonna start with oh you want to go last okay we're gonna start with kyle wallace look look last in first out so (laughs) play my exit music alex have it ready this summer will be blank if milwaukee blank this summer will be the same as same if Milwaukee continues to do nothing mm, or lack creativity. Okay. Cause gun locks ain't it begging and pleading the community to be better. Ain't it like all this stuff that we're doing? Ain't it? And honestly, I don't expect any different. Why would we honestly, why do we expect anything different this summer than what we had the last couple summers? What have we done as a community? What have the politicians done? What programs have been started? to try to stop anything negative from happening that happened a year before. Crickets. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, and that's not a knock on anybody. I'm just saying, I don't, why would we expect, what is it, insanity to do the same thing, expect a different result? Yep. I, yeah, you that's know, what that's, we do. That's what we got. So I don't expect anything different. I just know that uh, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing, staying out the way and living my best life and, and, and trying to survive in this world. That's all I can do. Mike Spaulding, this summer will be Oof. blank. If Milwaukee blank. 
This summer will be quiet if Milwaukee does nothing. People aren't going to come down here. We got to change the narrative. That's true. Kyle made me be negative. I was going to be positive, and then Kyle just made me be (laughs) negative right there. That energy. There's a lot to be positive about in the city, though. I mean, there's a lot of great. I love. Listen, downtown Milwaukee in the summer is going to be great. Now the Bucks are going to make a run. So who knows Mm -hmm. what they're going to do? They're going to really block off Water Street. They're going to block off Third Street. But I mean, downtown Milwaukee, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's just getting there, right? I mean, I, like I said, I believe, <laughs> Lord, Lord willing, I'm blessed to not be caught in any uh, any issues that happen down there that I have nothing to do with. Yeah, that's true. Nolita, this summer will be blank if Milwaukee blank. Mike kind of stole my answer, so I guess I should have went before him. But We're all um, being negative. <laughs> no, it wasn't a negative. I actually said Milwaukee will be great this summer if we can do a better job of controlling the narrative because we will talk about all the things that negative that are going on. We will, Oh, they're breaking into cars. They're doing this. They're doing that. Um, and if we can control that narrative a little bit more to say that there's Great things happening, too, to Kyle's point. The city will have some amazing things happening. The books make a run. You know, we have great restaurants, festivals, things like that. So I think we have to do a better job of telling the story that we want uh, to tell mm-hmm. versus letting the story tell itself. So I actually think this summer will be great. So my question, why is it up to us? Like, who is, who is that exactly up to? Because we don't control the narrative. We don't control the crime. We well, don't like how how do you We so you said Milwaukee, so I'm like Milwaukee, not okay. not we like black folk or not we like the disenfranchised people, but the city of Milwaukee. Like so that means everybody has a part to play. Uh the media has a part to play, that the the schools have a part to play, the it's everyone. It's the community has a part to p- part to play. So we have to be more intentional about highlighting the positive in every asset and every facet of what's happening, you know, in our city. Well, I think you just threw in another one, so I may as well hit you with it. What assets are there in Milwaukee? Well, like I said a few minutes ago, we have great restaurants. We have a great basketball team that's doing really well right now. We have things that are positive. We have investments being made in certain communities, uh, new developments happening. Um, We have companies pledging more dollars in that respect to more um, businesses, uh, minority owned businesses at that. So there are great things that are happening. People just don't know about it. There are assets here. You have access to capital. You have access to jobs. Not all jobs are great, but there are some. Um, we have great educational institutions here, you know. So it's here. We just have to be able to call those things out and share the positive story. Share what we want to see instead of always sharing what's wrong and what's broken. Is it that is it that bad? I don't want to open a whole can of worms <laughs> Here it comes. with six minutes of your show left, but like, is it that bad to begin with? I mean, I know that you hear some people, the loud minority, right? Like people who don't like what's happening are going to be louder than the people that do like it. Right. 
But when I go around and, and talk with friends and stuff and we come downtown, we're downtown this weekend, we I never think those things. So I, I just I wonder, like, are we perpetuating our own narrative by giving more air to the people who complain about what's going on than we do highlighting the good stuff? Because I don't know if it's that bad. I mean, I think it could, could always be better, but... It, it could be way worse, I think. There are other communities that are dealing with the same stuff just on an accelerated level than what we're, we're right. dealing with. So, I mean, I don't even I don't know if we're just making it worse because we're talking about the few instances where it happens or if it really is, you know, things were better 20 years ago or whatever it was. I'm a news junkie. I, I admit it. I've been one since since I was a kid listening to the radio like eight, nine years old ever since. Me and Methuselah laying around in the anyway because <laughs> I saw Lolita's face like uh, who is me Methuselah? You don't know who Methuselah is, the oldest from, man from the Bible. From oh, the Bible. oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I ain't did a lot of I ain't did a lot of Bible reading. Uh, oh, I should have said Moses, but I need anyway. to go. I need to go with you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Lolita is, you know, her and hubby are taking up. You know, you can help them. See, he made me forget what I was talking about. See, you, you, well, see, see someone right around was. you and Methuselah was sitting around. I know. But, but seriously, being a news junkie, I, I read like vast. You know, I read Toronto, Sun. Mm-hmm. I read New York, L.A., Atlanta, right? The Daily Mirror in London mm-hmm. had the 10-year-old that shot his mother. I'm like, huh? Like I'm literally reading in European newspapers, Milwaukee News. But, but to Mike's point, I like I the reason why I feel like the focus is on the negative is because for me I care about that community that the negative is impacting because a lot of times I you know the people you know I live in an area you know it looked like me and so that's what I'm concerned about when I see 300 murders in Milwaukee and (laughs) I don't know the exact math but I'm assuming you know at least 40% of them are black that hurts yeah. That, yeah, that's why I care so much about it. But yeah. you are absolutely right. Milwaukee is a bomb city to be in. It like, is. It's a lot of it's great things going city. on. But if you don't, folk, if you if you can ignore all the bad going on, you will think this city is incredible. Which I love it. Truth Roundtable, Nolita Franz, Kyle Wallace, and Mike Spaulding. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. I'll see you in a, about four weeks. I hope I say what's happening in four weeks, and then I guess <laughs> I you were going off the air for a while. Hold on, wait a minute. I we're kid oh. going out no <laughs> four weeks. I want to say thank you, uh, Alex. Appreciate you. Uh, Tory Lowe show is coming up right after the special, so make sure that you are here to listen to probably some of the best radio. Plus, they're talking about sports, so you know, with the three T's. So you got to be here. God bless. Take care. I appreciate everybody for being here um i'll see you tomorrow in about 22 hours